The number is one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. Doctor Pain Show is uh, here once again. We're going to concentrate on a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of in-house stuff today, your services, what you do, because people call us all the time saying, I know you do this, I know you're a Cairo by trade, you guys talk about you know umpteen number of things on the show, but I want to get a little more information about exactly uh, what it is you do. I'll give you some social right away. You're on Facebook, uh, Dr. Lou, that's Dr. Dr. Lou at PainCareCanada.com, at PainCareCanada for Twitter. Look at you on Instagram and everything, <laughs> Dr. Underscore Pain Underscore. I have a feeling your wife did all these. She did do all Because I can't things, see yeah. you being the no, social media I'm guy. Not, I'm not the social media guy. I've never had any accounts. It's all my wife. However, she does post some really good, interesting stuff. And you so bet. a lot of people out there, uh, you know, if you want to follow us, that that's awesome. You know, one of the questions that I get a lot of, John, and, and we've had this actually on the show, is how do you spell Dr. Lou, right? Because people are looking for the numbers. It's so amazing. D-R-L-O-U, right. right? My name is Luigi Nally, but but my patients and my friends usually just call me Lou. So that's why I've gone with uh, with Dr. Cool. Lou. But yeah, uh, I figured we, you know, usually with most of our shows, we're bombarded with a ton of calls. And so we're dealing with a mm-hmm. lot of different cases. Uh, but I thought it would be a good idea to have a show pretty much dedicated to exactly what it is uh, I'm trying to do here and what my team tries to do. Um, so the first thing, as you mentioned, I, I'm a chiropractor. But when I first uh, started practicing, what I realized very quickly in, you know, the, the day and age that we live is that mm-hmm. No one professional knows it all. Yep. Uh, and pain management is so complex, uh, requires so many different professionals, that what I quickly learned was I had to build a good team around me. And that good team had to consist of all kinds of different professionals, including other chiropractors, physiotherapists, medical specialists, family doctors, pain specialists, uh, surgeons, occupational therapists, massage therapists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone, that, when you look at um, uh, professionals related to pain management, there's so many of them that work in in that realm. Uh, And then each one has kind of its subspecialty. Uh, So really, my focus quickly became on not necessarily me treating as a chiropractor, but using my knowledge uh, to assess people with their pain, and then recommend the right treatment. I'm big on evidence-based medicine, which mm-hmm. means what is the medical literature support for whatever's happening? Uh, what is the clinician's experience? And what does the patient want? And so for me, it was all about how can I assess people and actually help them? Because I knew that with my treatment, my standalone treatment, there were you know, people that you could help that yep. would require that. But then there was also a group of people that needed so much more. And so I quickly started building my team to include all of these healthcare professionals. And I pretty much dedicated myself to the assessment component mm-hmm. and not necessarily the treatment component. And mainly what I do is only assessments. And the reason why I do that is uh, there's a couple of reasons why. First off, it, um, it allows me to be really good at doing assessments. So when you concentrate on something, you tend to get better on it. And so diagnosing uh, and building a plan of management for a patient is is really what I'd love to do. Uh, the other thing it does is if I don't have to treat people, I have a lot more time to get people in quickly. And people are often surprised when they call and they say, uh, you know, they've called me and I get, and we start talking and they say, you know, how long before I can get in to see you? And I usually say probably within a few days. Like that's the whole reason why mm-hmm. I've set myself up this way is so that I can get people in quickly. Because one of the burdens that we have in the healthcare system is waiting so long. Oh, you think? Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, that just delays somebody's ability to get better. And I've always said it's it's much better to have a problem and get it dealt with soon than wait too long. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people don't want to wait too long. But the amount of people that I meet that say, you know, I've been referred to go somewhere, but there's a four month wait list. It's like, geez, like, 
four months to think about how many things can go wrong in that time. Uh, so, you know, one of the things is we'll get you in there really quickly. So that's the big thing that I wanted to highlight. Yes, I am a chiropractor myself, uh, but I use my knowledge component to assess pain and then make the appropriate recommendations. And my team is multidisciplinary. It includes every single type of health professional that you can imagine and practitioner uh, dedicated to pain management. And my recommendation is simply going to be what I think is going to help you. I, I actually had a patient uh, yesterday that thought she was going to need all kinds of different treatment for what she had going on. And I basically said, no, you don't need that. You need a good workout plan. And I referred her to a gym and to a trainer. And that's what she got, right? It's not all about just, um, you know, you need massage therapy or you need this. No, it could be medication. It could be uh, surgery. It could be therapies like physical therapy or manual medicine uh, techniques like massage therapy or chiropractic, or sometimes a lot of different things. And, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is also the psychological component of pain Uh, and so you know having psychologists and social workers on on the team is very important to dealing with that aspect of pain management so that's kind of a rundown of of a lot of the things that are we're doing number one eight five uh one eight five 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 dr lou d-r-l-o-u so you mentioned putting a team together so baseline like what kind of uh, what kind of professionals or other medical people would be on your team you mentioned chiropractic you mentioned even a gym like yeah, trainers. yeah, yeah. Trainers. So, you know, again, I'll, I'll run through the list. So we've got, uh, you know, family doctors and, mm-hmm. and, and chronic pain doctors, uh, medical specialists dedicated to pain management, like physiatrists, uh, rheumatologists, uh, surgeons that we're working with, um, physiotherapists occupational therapist, massage therapist, wow. chiropodist uh, for feet, uh, foot issues. Um, and, you know, the surgeons, so many different types of orthopedic surgeons too, just to mention, uh, depending on the specialty. Um, uh, I did say massage therapist. The list goes on and on. Personal trainers, active care specialists. There's so many uh, professionals that we have because, again, my, my, my approach and what I learned very quickly was pain management can't be done by one person. And that's one of the things that I always say to people when they go to these clinics like is it a multidisciplinary team or even if it's not a multidisciplinary team is that person open to working with other professionals and the nice thing about having it all in in one group is that you can have a constant communication by multiple professionals because sometimes you know we all know broken telephone a lot of things get lost in translation and you know sometimes you meet patients who have uh, gone to multiple different professionals who never talk to each other and they're telling this person to do five or six different things and one person's advice is contraindicated against the other persons and they never get better so you know working with a group of people that communicate i think is very very important we'll take our uh, first break of the show to call through one 855 dr lou d-r-l-o-u leave a message dr lou will get back to you get that free consultation which we'll expand on here in the next uh, next little while you want to email info at paincarecanada.com a little more and we're just getting started actually the dr pain show talk radio am 640 Dr. Payne Show, the number one eight five 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 five. Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. Anytime you want to get a hold of Dr. Lou, info at Pain Care Canada. So we just kind of were running through uh, basically your services, your consultations, the business on the whole, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, a little bit more about uh, people come in and they want to know a little bit more about me too. Uh, and I wear many different hats along with Uh, being a treating practitioner and doing my assessments for people living with pain. I'm also a teacher. I teach at the chiropractic college. uh, And so education is a big deal for me. I love to educate. And uh, not only do I love to educate um, students, but I also clearly love to educate the public, which Mm -hmm. is why I do what I do. And I spend a lot of my time when I'm with a patient um, 
focused on education about what they have going on. It's incredible uh, with how many people come in. They know what their problem is. They'll come in. They'll say, you know, I've been told I have stenosis. Uh, here's my MRI. They look at it. And I say, okay, do you know what stenosis is? No. And, and, and you know, they've tried to figure it out on their own on Google or whatever. Uh, but that, you know, if you're not a medical professional, it's very hard to try to figure these things out. Yeah. But if you dumb it down enough or just make it simple enough, I can explain these things to people. And usually people will just sit there, they're listening and they say like, you know, wow, like now I understand what I have going on. I understand, you know, when you can understand and not just memorize, you'll understand the things that you should be doing, that you should be avoiding. Because a lot of pain management is exactly that. It's management. There's never uh, or sometimes rarely a cure. So how do you keep these things at bay? And it's incredible how many people with disc herniation, stenosis, strain sprains, they don't know what they should be doing yep. because all they've done is memorize a name, but not necessarily understand the pathology. Right. And I focus on trying to make people understand that pathology uh, because again when they understand they're th they then become empowered and they can make a difference for themselves um, and that's the biggest thing when you look at research for different types of pain and pain management one of the things that's consistent no matter what the modality of intervention is whether it's surgery or therapy or whatever or medication it's always better if you couple it with education and empowerment because it's so important for people to understand uh, what's happening and you know we appreciate that with so many other things in our lives if you had to go tax season just finished and if you had to go do your taxes uh, you try to understand a little bit of it uh, and mm -hmm. it just makes sense and the same thing is very true for healthcare. You should try to understand what's going on. Um, and having someone explain it oftentimes is the key. And that's a lot of the times uh, what we're doing. But uh, one of the other things to highlight here is a lot of people wait uh, for our Saturday show to give us a call to ask their questions. You can call me at any time, 1-855-55-DR-LOU. Uh, hit option two, it leaves me a message. Uh, I, I don't answer just because there's so many that usually come in, uh, but you leave me a message, just leave me your name, your phone number, mm -hmm. a little bit of history, like what's going on, is, is it leg pain, is it arm pain? Right. Don't go into great detail because it's not going to really matter at that point. Um, and then a time that would work for me to call you back, that's another thing, right? Because then I'll try calling people back, but you leave me those things, um, and then I'm going to call you back and we're going to have a conversation about what's going on and the consultation is absolutely free um it usually takes about 10 to 15 minutes of a conversation over the phone some people want to come in to see me at the at the clinic for the consultation you can do that if you like not absolutely necessary it's just much easier i think to talk over the phone and that consultation the basic point why we do that is just to kind of see okay tell me a little bit about what's going on and do i think it's something that if i assess i can help that's what I'm trying to look for. If I'm going to go as far as assessing this, does this sound like something that I'm going to help with or am I going to be absolutely useless? And if I'm right. going to be useless, I'm just going to point you in the right direction to someone else. I don't want to waste anybody's time mm -hmm. uh, and I want people to get the right care and I'll help them to where they should be going or you know, maybe it's go back to your family doctor and, and request this or that. Um, there's not too many things that I can't help with uh, because of how uh, extensive my team is. But again, there are some things that you know I might, I might not be able to help with. So even if you email me, info at paincarecanada.com, send me an email, outline again those same things. Uh, you know, usually it's better include your phone number and a time that's good for me to call you. I do prefer to do the phone calls. It's just, a, you know, a little more back and forth yeah. versus back and forth on an email can take uh, uh, 
uh, days, but I don't mind if someone wants to reach out initially with email. And so, yeah, that's the free consultation. It's just basically let's have a conversation about what you have going on. Sometimes people just want to understand something. What should I be asking my doctor? What types of things? So this is absolutely free. So uh, and again, I get back to people very, very quickly. Uh, so why not take advantage of it if you've got something going on, even if you think it's minor? See, the biggest thing in pain management is often the things that are minor are the things people avoid and they start making it a big deal when it's a big problem. Right. If you would do the opposite when these things are minor, have them get look at Yeah, get on top of it. That's when you're going to avoid it becoming a big problem. And everyone kind of understands that um, when you break it down that way. But a lot of people are suffering with a little minor ache and they think nothing of it. Trust me, it can get to the point where it's really bad uh, and it can cause debilitating effects. And so and then it becomes much harder to treat, obviously. Uh, And so if you can take care of these things when they're low level, it's and when you're taking care of it low level, treatment's not going to be as extensive. You're probably not going to need a lot of things, and a lot of it becomes active things, education, empowerment, uh, some exercises to do, etc. Helping et cetera. yourself becomes more prevalent. Yes, right? for yeah. sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll take a we'll take a quick one. The number is one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. Info at paincarecanada.com. As we uh, just mentioned, get on that phone, leave a message, give them a call, get that free consultation happening, and uh, take it from there. Start on the road to getting better and uh, get management your pain as well. Lots more of the Dr. Payne Show on the way. Talk radio, AM 640. 1-855-55-DR-LOU is the number. Info at paincarecanada.com. We're going through things that are key to your clinic, just educating people on what you do and how the services work. And the services are, you know, amazing. We spent some time in the last or the first break, uh, first segment anyway, talking about the different, the team you've put together and, and you know, available province-wide, all kinds of different disciplines, all focused on the same thing. It's amazing because you go back, you know, even 15, 20 years and even beyond that, it was like you went to see your doctor. And that was That it. was your guy. Yeah, that was you had it. pain, you needed surgery, blah, yeah. blah, but it was your doctor. Yeah. And, and you know what? Which with, is fine. But Yeah. With a lot of things in healthcare, the way it works is that the family doctor is the gatekeeper. So yeah. if you need to go see a specialist, you go to your family doctor, it's their responsibility. The nice thing about pain management is that a lot of the, the professionals are primary contact, which means mm-hmm. you don't need a referral. Uh, so like, for That's example, huge. to see me, you don't need a referral to see me. And that's, that's one huge. of the questions that I get a lot of. Do I need a referral to see you? No, just come on in, uh, set up an assessment and we we can treat it. And a lot of my team, you don't need a referral. Uh, so when I make that referral to that person, uh, it, you know, and, and because of the network that I've built um, and my central hub is, is really close to a health network, I have access to things like MRIs and expediting imaging and things like mm-hmm. that, which again, becomes very, very beneficial for someone who doesn't have that in. Um, And so we were talking about the free assessment and the free assessment often uh, is again, is this something that I can assess and do I think I can help with it? Uh, Obviously, in terms of specific answers, like, you know, what should you be doing? We have to do an assessment. It just makes good logical sense. I can't give you a a perfect opinion over the phone because it just doesn't do it justice. I don't know enough. My assessment, my pain assessment is essentially about an hour process. So what happens is what I like to do, as you mentioned, I have my provider network across all of Ontario. So if I think, you know, if you're calling me from Barrie, um, and, I, you know, eventually you're going to need therapy. There's a clinic that I can send you to in Barrie. What I often awesome. like to do is try to see everybody the first time. Uh, up until this point, I've been just located out of my central hub, which is in Etobicoke. And people have been coming in from all over the province, whether it's Pickering, Ajax, Barrie, uh, Stony Creek, Niagara area. It's one time. That's all you'd have to come. I'm also working right now on expanding into a couple of other different yep. locations that I'll, I'll be in. So to make it a little bit easier, I'll likely have an east and a west and a north. Uh, where I'm doing these assessments. Uh, So I'll I'll keep you guys informed on that. 
But as it stands right now, I, I really do like to see the patient the first time because then I can be sure of the, the recommendations that I'm making. I'm not leaving it up to someone else. So what I often do is the person will come in uh, and that assessment, they're going to fill out paperwork, obviously, uh, with some relevant questions. Uh, and then we're going to go into a thorough history. That thorough history is just me talking to you. And I'm going to ask a lot of specific questions because... In understanding what's going on, there's a lot of detective work that has to be done, and I ask a lot of questions uh, to try to figure out, okay, what's the most likely uh, cause of this person's pain? Uh, and once I have a picture that I think is good enough in terms of uh, myself and the patient talking, that's when I move on to the physical exam. Uh, when I move on to the physical exam, a physical exam always, always includes general observation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking at things like posture, any scars, lesions, some pathologies out there like shingles, people have pain, uh, but they don't notice that they have a rash on their back. And that may be an indication of shingles, which right. creates pain. So observation is extremely important. Range of motion. How does that area of the body where you're experiencing pain, pain affect your ability to move? Uh, and we want to get a sense of function because function is very, very important. So range of motion. Full neurological exam. This is something that's huge. So many things from a neurological perspective, brain problems, spinal cord problems, and nerve problems, we think we need big fancy MRI machines to figure out. A lot of these big problems are evident with a good neurological exam. And you would be astonished in the amount of people that come in that just think they have numbness in their finger due to, like, say, something like a disc herniation. Right. And I can do a neurological exam, and I figure out, no, there's something more going on here. There's something maybe neurodegenerative, like a multiple sclerosis or an ALS. Wow. Um, no kidding. And now, based on the physical exam and the neurological exam, you can't be 100% certain what it is, but you now have clinical signs that point you in a direction that say, no, 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 this isn't just a simple disc herniation. This could be something very, very uh, much more. And so then you point them to the MRI and, and specifically what nice. area. Because the other thing about imaging is you have to know what you're imaging. And so if you think uh, that pain you know, you go to someone who doesn't know anything and they, or not doesn't know anything, but isn't well-versed in pain, you have numbness and tingling in your hand, the most common cause is often a neck. They may order an MRI of the neck, but not necessarily the brain. And if you had something neurodegenerative, like a brain tumor or uh, um, uh, like a multiple sclerosis going on, that MRI of the neck isn't picking so it anything. up. So that clinical exam tells you where you should be doing the imaging, which is so important. And the amount of people that have come to me and, and seen the neurological exam that I do, and they say, I've been to a neurologist and they haven't even done this stuff to mm -hmm. me uh, and so there's so many things available um, to do so neurological exam then we go into special testing orthopedic testing if necessary and then any other special testing if I've gone through my whole physical exam and I sit there and I think you know what I think we probably need an x-ray or this yep. type of imaging or whatever then that gets ordered once we have a full picture I'm going to try to make a diagnosis or a clinical impression oftentimes um you can't be 100% sure, but you can be, you know, 99% certain. And so uh, you may have an option of, okay, it could be one of two or three different things, which would be a differential list. Then prognosis, that's extremely important. We all understand what a diagnosis is, but prognosis, how likely are you to get better? And that's where I look at so many factors, age, other problems you have going on, the extent of the damage. And then I, I will tell people, here's how likely you are to get better if you do the following things, which is what we consider the plan of management. So plan management again isn't just it's not necessarily going to be chiropractic treatment it's going to be whatever I think you need whatever the best evidence suggests for that there's been people that I've seen and I've said no 
this this you need surgery you have, and that's the yeah, only we're not thing waste any time we're not here. wasting any right time there's no okay well do six months of therapy first mm-hmm. no you're going to get the recommendation that i believe is going to be most effective to help you and again because i've dedicated all my time to just assessing and diagnosing i've become very very proficient at it i'm not just a treating professional i am just an assessment professional and there's other people therapists that i have that are great therapists and those are the people that i'll send you to therapy because i know they do it better uh but from an assessment diagnosis prognosis and plan and management perspective it's something that i pride myself in and and i want to try to get people the right answer that i believe will solve their problem and thus far people are always amazed they're like "I, i i you know Nobody's told me this before. No one's looked at it mm-hmm. the way you have. And people are getting better because I'm looking at them that way. I'm not just, you know, being biased and saying, well, I'm going to send them for therapy because, you know, that's a financial incentive to me. No, we're going to send them for what they need. And, and it's not based on finances. It's not based on anything more than just helping people. We'll talk more about the assessments, second opinions, and lots more as we continue here with the uh, Dr. Payne Show. The number one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. That's D R L O U. Email as well. In Info at paincarecanada.com. one 855 doctor Lou is the number. Info at paincarecanada.com. Or you can simply go to paincarecanada.com yeah. online. Facebook as well, Dr. Lou at Paincare Canada. So you got yeah, Facebook, for sure. Twitter. Facebook, yeah. And, and that's where you'll find a little bit more about me personally. Some people uh, like that. But I do try to have uh, uh, my team post a lot of stuff uh regarded to different pain management and different things that are always coming out. There's always a lot of new articles coming out and up-to-date things on things that we could be doing better. Um, so we finished off the last segment talking about the assessments. Uh, one of the other things is the assessment is where people are kind of looking for an answer. Yeah. What's going on? I have pain. I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I often get, and I call a second opinion, is where people know what their problem is, uh, but they essentially want an opinion like they've been told, I need surgery. Is surgery my best option? Right. Uh, it's not as extensive as an assessment because again people are often coming in knowing what they're doing I still try to treat it like an assessment where I'll still try doing my thorough history I'll still try um, to do my thorough physical exam and then I'll also review whatever imaging the person has um, and then based on that if they've been told okay um, you know your knee you need knee surgery and they want an opinion from me should knee surgery be my first option Again, I just look at it objectively where I say, okay, here's what you have going on. Here are the things that you've already done. Here are the things that you could do. Is surgery the best option? And and I'm just using the example of surgery. And sometimes, yes, the best option is surgery. Or sometimes I'll say, no, you may want to try this. One of the things about surgery, and, and you know, I work with a lot of surgeons, surgery for pain is is a little more difficult versus surgery for function. So some people, I got you. Uh, you know, have a severely degenerated knee and they can't move that knee anymore. Surgery is going to be great for that. Uh, but sometimes your knee pain is not related to a function problem. It's just related. So it's not guaranteed to get rid of your pain. No, exactly. Yeah. And and one of the things that you have to look at it, any professional that you get advice from, if, you know, at the end of the day, every single professional is limited to something. A surgeon does surgery and they get paid for doing surgery. So if all you have a hammer everything seems like a nail. So of course there's a financial incentive for a surgeon to say, yes, let's do surgery. And and now a lot of surgeons that I know don't operate that way. They actually want to pick people that they know will be mm-hmm. successful. So I'm not accusing surgeons of, of doing this, but I am suggesting that the public should be wary of any professional that says do this uh, because there may be a financial incentive uh, for it. Um, and so, you know, getting that second opinion, a lot of people want to come in. They just want that second opinion on what's going on. Here's what they've been given or here's what they're doing. They're doing this treatment. It's another thing that I see a lot of if, if people coming in 
they've been diagnosed with the right thing. And I say, yeah, that's exactly what you have. And then they're telling me the therapy they're doing. Therapy is something that, you know, if someone says to me, I'm doing physiotherapy or I'm doing chiropractic or I'm doing massage therapy, that's not enough for me. Tell me exactly what they're doing. Try to understand, you know, what machines they're using on you, what types of exercises. And it's incredible how many times I meet people that are having the wrong therapy done. They're being told, I would agree with them. Yes, they need physiotherapy, but there's not a specific- Not that physiotherapy. Not that physiotherapy, yeah. maybe less of the machine-based and more of the exercise-based. And exercise is a big thing because I see it a lot. The wrong exercises are being given. Rehabilitation, I, I'm always, I'm never a fan of someone that says, here's a sheet of paper, do this at home. Rehabilitation has to be done properly and has to be graded. It needs to get harder and harder and progressively um, more challenging for the person to have an effect. It's like working out, right? Mm -hmm. If you stayed at the same level, you plateau. And and so that's a big thing. When you have a sheet of paper, you tend to stick with what's on that sheet of paper. And it's incredible. People come in and they say, you know, initially it was really helping. And then I just don't find any more help. It's called plateau. Right. We, we can appreciate that for weight loss uh, and other things. And it's the exact same thing uh, for rehabilitation. Rehabilitation needs to be graded for sure. You know, it's amazing. Last couple of statements you've talked about the assessment and how in depth. And the, the, the key thing here is, you know, coming in and having the physical exam now versus buying a car where it's great. All this information online helps you make a decision. Mm-hmm. But you've really got to be weary of Google University when it comes to medical stuff, which people come in with. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the dangerous part where the difference is with Google University is. I'm big on talking about the psychological component of pain. If you go to Google and you type in something like uh, low back pain with leg radiation, you know, oftentimes the causes for that type of stuff are benign. Google also gives you the worst case scenarios. Yes, that's what I mean. And when you're given the worst case scenario, that starts playing with your mind. Once it starts playing with your mind, it amplifies your issue. You could read something on what are the signs and symptoms of, uh, you know, say meningitis. And if you really start to believe that you have that, you'll start to experience some of those symptoms. And so the dangerous thing about uh, Google University and being your own doctor is a lot of the stuff there because you can never be sure that pain is just the source of one thing. I always say it's a spectrum of benign to very, very serious. Google and and, and the internet is going to give you every spectrum. And once you start seeing, like you may have thought, yeah, my back hurts, it's probably just a muscle. But then you go on Google and all of a sudden you've now learned hang on a sec, this could be a spinal tumor. Because some guy in some blog wrote yeah. it in there, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be a spinal tumor. Yeah. That starts to scare the crap out of you, yep. justifiably so. And so you want to try to get an understanding uh, from a professional, is this something that's going on? Right. That's why the assessment is key. And that's why, again, <laughs> physical, come in, see you. People have background, not just reading stuff online. It's scary. It can be scary. Yeah, it's absolutely something that can be scary when you're looking at what the worst case scenario is uh, with the with the symptoms that you're going on. And again, from a healthcare professional standpoint, it is important that when I see a person that I consider all options from the very benign to the very serious. But the reality is we have a saying in healthcare that what's common is common and what's rare is rare. And a lot of these things that are very, very bad are rare. Um but again, once you start being afraid of that stuff, it amplifies your pain. You know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed with patients, it's incredible. They'll, um, you know, it's often related to their life experience. So if I've had patients who like someone comes in and, you know, last year their brother died from whatever, prostate mm-hmm. cancer. Uh, and, you know, they remember that their brother had been experiencing some leg pain. Right. Uh, and now all of a sudden they've developed leg pain and now they think it's cancer. And, right. and of course, you're going to feel that way. It's it's that life experience. It's the way the psychology of pain, pain and emotion are experienced in the same area of the brain, the limbic system. And therefore, a lot of these things relate. And that's why that experience happens. Um, 
but you know, one of the things for prognosis, how likely you are to get better is peace of mind is also understanding being confident to say yes, what I have going on, a lot of pain can last forever, right? It becomes a chronic issue. Uh, and you want to be certain that whatever that chronic issue is, at the very least can be managed so that you can go on with your day to day life. Uh, but also, you don't want to be afraid of this, you don't want to be afraid that is this something more serious? Am I missing something? Uh, and so that reassurance becomes very, very important. And it's also important, again, for a professional to consider, could it be something serious? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do in the assessment is we try to figure out is this something I, I then will tell people what's going on? And and obviously, if it's something that's serious, the right channels are going to be open to manage that. And, uh, you know, again, there are times where people come in and, and, and they think they just have a simple disc herniation going on, and it ends up being something more serious, like a neurodegenerative disorder. Or, you know, I've, I've had times where I found spinal tumors and other different types of bad pathologies going on. And that's why you shouldn't just let your pain linger. Uh, you know, we're available for this stuff. Try to avoid Google University because it can <laughs> scare the crap out of you. Yeah. Um, and get someone who knows what they're doing to figure it out. For sure, that's absolutely the way to go about it. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. Stick around. Lots more coming here. The Doctor Pain Show Talk Radio AM six forty. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. I'll leave a message. Get a consultation. Get in to see Doctor Lou and his team. Don't uh, don't wait for that public outreach. That's where we're going to go next. Yeah, right? that's a, that's a big thing for me. Okay. I, I really really love. To educate, obviously, mm-hmm. this this radio show is a form of public outreach. But one of the other things that I do a lot of uh, is speaking engagements. And so, uh, you know, different, usually it's companies that will, you know, get a hold of me uh, and want me to go out and they've identified a certain problem uh, with their company in terms of a health issue. And they want education and advice on it because they also realize that, you know, from a workplace occupational standpoint, providing your workers with education on the right things to do is really how you save money from time off, right? Uh, And when you look at things like pain, like something like low back pain uh, is the second most common cause to lost time at work in the industrialized world, second to the common cold. That's how prevalent pain is to stopping people from working. Um, You know, one of the things that you look at works, workplaces and occupational medicine the fancy chairs, the fancy desks. Yeah, all everybody's that stuff. on that stuff. Sitting on a ball. Yeah, I don't want to say that it's it's a waste because there is a purpose to it. But you know what? If you have good education and very very simple rules, when I go in and I assess workplaces, I make functional changes. I tell people things and you don't need big expensive equipment for it. You just need to understand things, do the right things when you're sitting at your desk. And the other thing to remember here um, is we're not. There's you know we talk about good posture. I, I'm a believer that there is no such thing as good no posture, posture. <laughs> because we're meant to be moving. Yeah. So taking breaks, like anytime you've been doing something for prolonged, a lot of times in injuries, we talk about repetitive strain sprain, the repetition. So if you're doing something for a long period of time, stop what you're doing, right? If yeah. you, you know, sit at work every 15, 20 minutes, get up and take a break. If you walk around, for work, for whatever reason, every 15 or 20 minutes, sit down, change what you're doing. That's that's what we're meant for is is changing uh, that insult that we're doing to the body so that it doesn't become repetitive. There's a point where you stop, you let it rest uh, and, and let it reintegrate into something different. So that's very, very important. And so again, a lot of companies reach out to me. And if anyone's listening, I'm always happy to do these things. And John, the most important part about this that companies love, it's free. I don't charge to go do these speaking engagements. People call me 
get out to talk to their companies. And, you know, people are maybe thinking, oh, I got to have a company of 100 people. No, your company could be as small as a few people. It could be as large as you want it to be. I'm happy to come out uh, as long as it's within a reasonable distance, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, uh, which, again, I'm happy to, to travel um, and, and speak to your company and educate people on the right things to do. Uh, and th- that way we can get people better. And we can, again, my big, my big mission uh, in my life is education and empowerment around pain management, getting this taught to people, as many people as possible, so that they can make the right changes. It's something about healthcare that we need to move towards is really educating the public uh, on on what they should be doing. And there's not going to be a magic pill. The magic pill is education. one 855 doctor Lou is that number. you got a workplace. Think about what he's saying. Get him out there. You know, it's funny. I just had this the other day with a colleague at work. We were talking about another colleague. Oh, she's got that special chair she sits on. She loves it. See, that... And, that can become a crutch, no? I mean, she doesn't have a problem per se, but yeah. you know, everyone's seen these offices wheel in these thousand dollars ergonomic chairs, but people are like, I'm going to sit in this sucker yeah. all day. Now I got my cure. Yeah, absolutely. And they think, okay, well, I could just they they forget the other part, which is take a break. You, you know, so here's the point of this: you can have a, a chair that's you know not a very good chair and you take breaks or the option is you have a better chair and you take breaks. I would say obviously choose the better chair and take breaks. Uh, But you know, if the option is not a good chair and taking breaks or just a good chair that you sit in full time, I would say take the not so good chair and the breaks. That's what I'm trying to say is you need to take a break from what you're doing. There's no such thing as good posture. And again, the other thing I had a patient the other day um, who it was a, it was a lower extremity issue. uh, And, she was having trouble walking. It was affecting her walking. And she said to me, she said, because I said, well, what's the footwear that you have? And she said, oh, I have great footwear, really, really expensive shoes. And I said, well, that doesn't matter because they may be very, very expensive shoes that would be better for someone else and not necessarily you. So let's take a look at your foot, your gait pattern and identify if this is the right shoe for you. And you know, sure enough, she was using the wrong type of shoe for her foot. And one of the things, if you have, she had a flat foot which is a very mobile foot. There's a lot of movement in a flat foot. When you have a mobile shoe, you need a rigid, or a mobile foot, you need a rigid shoe. And the opposite is true if you have a rigid foot, which is a high arch foot, you need a mobile shoe. You want to try to counterbalance those things. Uh, and there's different ways to, to, to figure out what's a mobile shoe and what's a, a, um, a rigid shoe. Um, but this is something, again, people assume because it's expensive, like you're saying with the chair or the shoe that therefore that must be good. It has to be specific to what the patient has going on. And there are times where I recommend for certain people, yeah, you do need a special chair because they may have something else going on. It may not just be, you know, repetitive strain sprain. They may have another problem that they need uh, for. But yeah, absolutely. There is a place for occupational medicine and the ergonomic things that exist. Obviously, it is better to have good ergonomic structures uh, when you're doing things. But I do really, really believe that the most important thing um, with uh, work is taking a break from whatever you're doing every 10 to 15 minutes uh, and changing what you're doing. So, you know, even one of the recommendations that an optometrist that I work with does is, uh, you know, people that are sitting in front of a computer every 10 or 15 minutes, get up and look at something far, change your distance, change your field of vision. If all you're ever doing is, is close, then it's no wonder that you start to develop problems with far uh, vision. So, Mm -hmm. you know, integrate those muscles so that you're going back and forth between those things. It's not a matter of just everybody going out getting a pair of orthotics. It's it's not a one brand solution, right? No, absolutely not. You need to have, there's different ways that you have to intervene. And the biggest thing, um, I guess with pain management 
is that it has to be individualized. And that's one of the things that I really, really with my team uh, and the group that I've built really try to focus on is no cookie cutter approach. Let's assess everybody. Uh, let's take a look at everybody. Let's understand the individual and make the recommendations specific to the individual. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. The workplace stuff, the free consultations, get on that number, get on the website, email, and uh, and check it out. We've got a few more minutes left. The Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U is the number and info at paincarecanada.com on Facebook as well and Twitter. Do all the searching, lots of good stuff and articles up there uh, quite often. So let's talk about, let's highlight some of the things you can do. What sure. can you help yeah. me with? Yeah, so again, any any type of you know pain could be a result of, again, benign things, very serious things. When you're looking at pain from an assessment perspective, I'm... I'm, I have the appropriate knowledge and scope of practice that I can assess. Uh, and if I think it's something more serious, then we're going to send you to those channels. But in general, uh, you know, any ache or pain, mm-hmm. right, generalized aches or pains related to mechanical structures, whether it's the, <clears throat> the type of work that you do or a sport that you play, those are definitely things, uh, a bread and butter that we can work with. Uh, sports injuries, obviously. Um, and, and with sports injuries, anything in the body, any any joint. Concussion uh, as concussion, well. Concussion, I stuff, was just yeah, going to say one. concussion. Yep. Um, car accidents. Uh, if you've been hurt in a car or some type of motor vehicle accident, these are the things that we can definitely assess and, and help with. Um, headaches and migraines, so at different types of pain in the head uh, and migraines. And we've gone through with a lot of different people on the show uh, calling in with headaches and migraines. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of its own subspecialty of yeah. of pain management, but uh, something that a lot of people suffer with. And so uh, those are some of the things. Uh, chronic pain and fibromyalgia, that class of uh, of pain management. Which so, basically means muscle pain. It's not a it diagnosis, means, yeah, right? It means yeah. It's just chronic pain, and yeah. chronic pain often goes along with uh, you know, some type of a depression slash anxiety, as well as poor sleep patterns. And so uh, those things, that's where the chronic pain uh, realm is, and so that's where the psychological component of pain is very, very important to deal with. It's always important to deal with, but especially in the chronic patients, uh, because it, it's so it's such a contributing factor to what they're feeling and so we need to to focus on that psychological aspect obviously we talked about the repetitive strain sprain mm-hmm. so anything that you're doing the repetition type of stuff uh, degenerative and arthritic conditions so degenerative you know there's often when we say arthritis I, I like to break it down into two broad classes you have the wear and tear arthritis which is osteoarthritis mm-hmm. and then you have the autoimmune arthritis like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a different subclass of okay. autoimmune problems that create pain, which is also something that we can help with. But most people that say arthritis are thinking of the wear and tear stuff, uh, the osteoarthritis, which is, you know, a lot of the times osteoarthritis, especially it's often used as a, you go to your family doctor, low back pain, uh, they take an x-ray, oh, you have degenerative disc disease. Yes. I've talked about this a lot. A lot of times what you see on imaging from an arthritic standpoint, an osteoarthritis standpoint, especially for the spine, is not overly relevant to what the patient is experiencing. Uh, and so it's very, very important to correlate the the pictures that we see from you know the MRIs or the uh, X-rays to what the patient is actually experiencing, um, orthopedic conditions so torn ligaments things like that. Um, again, 
the rehabilitation, prehabilitation, the surgical consults. We can definitely help expedite those things. Um, I work very from from that orthopedic standpoint, especially shoulder and knee issues. You got shoulder and knee issues. Give me a call. I, I have a team of surgeons that we can get you in very quickly to assess those things. Uh, and if it is something that's uh, surgical and you need that surgery, especially when you're dealing with this with the shoulder and the knee, the weird joints, right? They're very weird joints, and yeah. those are the ones that I would say probably surgery has the best outcomes for. If it, if that's something that you need, it's the spine surgeries. Um, and so, uh, because they're done much less often because of the, the complications. So definitely orthopedic issues, uh, neurological conditions. We we just talked about that neurological conditions. Um, even if you've been diagnosed, for example, with multiple sclerosis. Um, there's a, a physical aspect that goes along with that. And mm-hmm. so we have a team of professionals that can help manage the physical symptoms okay. of it. Obviously, we're not curing the multiple sclerosis, uh, but again, you can help manage the symptoms. Or even if you're just having weird neurological symptoms. So what are neurological symptoms? So numbness, tingling, pins and needle sensation, burning sensations, shooting pain that's very specific. You're having those types of things. It goes back to what I was saying. I'm always, always, always going to include a very, very thorough neurological exam to figure out what's going on. Because when you're looking at any type of nerve problem in general, what you're trying to figure out is it the peripheral nerve, which is the nerve from the spine out? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is it the central or is it the central nervous system, which is made up of the brain and the spinal cord itself? And again, a lot of uh, different signs that are uh, apparent in a neurological exam can point you in the right direction towards something that may be more central uh, nervous system related. And if it is, then we got to get those things looked at. So definitely uh, neurological conditions are another big thing. So again, overall, any, virtually almost all causes of pain. Obviously, there's other things, gynecological issues, mm-hmm. um, that you know are related to pain we're not necessarily we don't necessarily deal with those things uh but if you at the very least need uh to be pointed in the right direction we can help you with those things but definitely you know again just to highlight the general aches and pains sports injuries concussions car accidents work accidents slip and falls uh headaches migraines the chronic pain stuff the quote-unquote fibromyalgia repetitive strain sprain degenerative conditions arthritic conditions that are related to autoimmune stuff uh orthopedic conditions like torn ligaments uh broken bones things like that and the neurological condition so lots and lots of different things we it's can amazing it's all about a the assessment and b management not yes. necessarily disappearing pain, but managing no, that pain, we living do, with it. We do have to accept in healthcare that cures are kind of this myth. There's really not many things that you can cure, but you can mm-hmm. manage. Uh, and most people that are living with some type of pain can appreciate that they understand it may never be gone or it may rear its ugly head to be a little bit worse at points, but they just want to be able to go day to day. Quality of life. Quality of life. And that's what pain management is about, is not necessarily how do we make it disappear forever, because sometimes that's not realistic, especially if it's chronic, but how do we uh, make it so that you have good quality of life and you can still do all the things uh, that you love doing. And so if you're one of these people that's suffering with any type of pain, whether it's acute and new or chronic and old, give me a call, one 855 or email me at info at paincarecanada.com. Again, we'll have the consultation. That's where it starts. That's the most important thing. We're just going to have a quick consultation. If it's something that I believe I can help with, we're going to discuss that. We'll discuss what the the assessment entails, uh, and we'll move from there. But the you know, let's not overcomplicate it. It starts with that free assessment. Another excellent week, my friend. Call that number, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at paincarecanada.com. Till next week, the Dr. Pain Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.